everyone. Welcome to Latinas in the Verbs. This is Gabby, and I have a very special guest with me who is Sandy. She is a Latina. She's actually a family member. Um, so someone that I grew up being very close to and even in close proximity. We actually lived in the same building growing up. <laughs> and I wanted to have her come on here and share with all of you and um, her story of being a Latina and her, how her experience has been. Welcome. Thanks for joining <laughs> us on the podcast. Thanks for having me. I'm so excited to be yes. on Latina in the Burbs because now I am a Latina in the Burbs. <laughs> yes, exactly. And we're, we're going to love to hear how you got there. But I wanted to just, you know, start from the beginning a little bit and give us a little bit of like, you know, where you're like how everything was when you were raised and, and the dynamic of family and how was that growing up Latina? <laughs> <laughs> well, um, you and I both grew up in, um, in a, in a Latina, a Latino heavy, um, neighborhood. Yeah. So we yes. grew up in the Bronx and yes. we, um, we learned Spanish first. It was our first language and we mm -hmm. learned English in kindergarten. Yes. Um, and so I think it was easy, at least for me to be bilingual because I learned Spanish first and then English second. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was great being in a neighborhood. We had, we, um, our, a grandmother had eight kids, which gave us um, a lot of cousins to play with. We all grew up together um, as a big family, and we all learned what it was to speak Spanish, to grow up um, Latino, and to be proud of it. Uh, as an adult, I found out that grandma, um, she first immigrated to this country, and she saved up for visas for her so being that she has eight children, she saved up for four and then she yeah. saved up for another four. Our grandmother saved. Um, she came over um, when the country needed skilled laborers for, um, yeah. for the oh, yeah. factories. Um, she was a seamstress. She was a doula. Um, she um, was a, a phlebotomist. So she did all she can and she trained herself to be able to... Um, afford her eight children family her eight children yeah. um, and bring them over to the country and so all of our parents came over on a visa um, mm -hmm. and then when I came here my mom my mother and father married and then my father um, went to the army and then he became a citizen and then that's how my mother became a citizen a U.S. citizen and then he, um told her brothers and sisters to go and register to become citizens so that's the story of <laughs> so she started the movement <laughs> yes how, how most of our family became u.s citizens um and and it's important because uh i feel like there's so many stereotypes and of course stereotypes yeah. come from certain um truths uh but um with each country, with each family, it's different. So our family came over on visas. Um, and so when, so that's that story. And then mm -hmm. with myself, <laughs> continuing on to my background. So we grew up in the Bronx um, mm -hmm. and we lived in apartment buildings um, all on different floors. So we were very um, close to each other. So we grew up in a big, we always had huge parties for Christmas, for birthdays, um, yeah. any, 
any reason to have a party, we would have a party. And it was always mm-hmm. at grandma's house. You know, grandma, mm-hmm. um, abuelita would make the pernil. She'd make um, arroz con pollo, gandules. Um, your mm-hmm. mom, too, makes a slamming um, um, potato rice. Salad. And, yes, oh. and potato <laughs> salad. Um, and being that Christmas is nearly brings everything, um, just all the memories come um, flooding back and how... Yeah. how how much of a great childhood we had. Um, and we were all very close-knit. Um, and we did mm-hmm. grow up in the Bronx. Um, we're first generation. And it wasn't the best neighborhood. Um, mm-hmm. And our parents came over here with nothing, really. Um, but they did tell us how important family was, um, how important it was to get an education. And our parents didn't have a lot of money, but they made sure that we went to a private school um, because the public mm-hmm. schools around us weren't great. Um, and so our entire family, all of the cousins were pushed to finish college. And mm-hmm. I think um, most of us did. Um, and I attribute that to to our, our parents and our grandparents right. and how they instilled in us how hard it was um, how important it was to have an education, to have a career, um, to to have a family, um, and so I grew up with with all of those things, um, and we were sort of protected in in the south, yeah. where we were all Latinos and we were all a, a big family. Um, but does it ever bother you when people refer to the Bronx or like? Like they ask like, oh, what part of the Bronx are you from? And then I say like the South Bronx and they're like, oh, like, but it's so funny because people have this like perception of the South Bronx being like so bad and so crime ridden. Mm-hmm. And I don't have that same, same mentality of it because it, it wasn't that for us. It wasn't like constantly like crime ridden. And so it's just an interesting, it's like a juxtaposition because kind of how it, been portrayed in media and um and how we we lived it i'm sure there was definitely crime and drugs and a lot of things going on around us but we were almost so protected and and i think that 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 speaks to our family and how much they tried to they were very strict um but I don't know. I don't, I don't see, I don't, I don't have that same sort of like, Oh, like the South Bronx, like it's, you know, so bad, but because I, I see it like nostalgic. I feel like that's where I came from. I am proud of it. You know? Yes. I I do understand why people think that, but we Mm -hmm. were so protected. Our families did such a great job of creating community um yeah and so we were protected we were in a bubble we were naive as to what was going on um yes so but we were exposed to to um to what it meant to be a latina we're um uh emotional Mm -hmm. i i consider latino um emotional um passionate hardworking. Mm -hmm. um very direct <laughs> compared to other um, nationalities um, and and just uh, family is is the number one um, priority in, in yes. one's life um, and, and and food of course <laughs> is another priority <laughs> um, so yeah I, 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 
I think when we were there, I didn't realize that we were in not such a great neighborhood. And now mm-hmm. that we're somewhere else, um, now I understand that. But we were protected and we have our family to thank for it. And not just our family, our our neighborhoods um, just watched out for each other. And, and so where we were, we were very fortunate to be in in a protected bubble. Yeah. But I I do remember as I was growing up, um, not seeing many Latinos in the media or in the movies. So one mm-hmm. of the first things that I wanted to do was to represent the Latino community um, and show that we're <laughs> just like everyone else. Um, but mm-hmm. just to go back, um, so we... Um, we all grew up in the same building in the Bronx. Um, and mm-hmm. then we, my family, um, because my dad was in the army, moved to um, Kansas, my first and second grade. Um, so uh, how old like, were you at that point? Like seven? Like seven, like mm. six. Um, and, then, um, and then I came back um, to the Bronx. Uh, and then my parents moved us to Long Island, my... Um, my junior year in high school. Uh, Mm -hmm. But the first time I ever realized that I was a Latina was when um, my, my freshman year in high school. So I, I went to an all girls Catholic school Mm -hmm. in the Bronx and um, the, there were groups and it's the first time I'd ever encountered that there was um, a group per nationality. There was um, the neighborhood had a, a high Italian um, population, a big okay. um, Latino population, and also an African American um, community. So in in my high school, at least, um, all the most of the kids were segregated by the nationality, and of course, there were friendships between that. But it was the first time that I was made aware that I'm a Latina and that we're not the majority um, because right. in the Bronx, we were a majority in our neighborhood. Um, so it was the first time I realized that we weren't a majority. And then when my parents moved us to Long Island um, and we went to a co-ed um, high, um, neighborhood there and it was, um, it was just, it was different. It, it really made me aware that, um, that not everyone is crazy about Latinos. <laughs> and when I moved to Long Island and I went to a public co-ed high school, mm-hmm. um, there was a small Latino and it was mostly made of um, made of um, Dominicans and some Puerto Ricans. Um, I was the only Ecuadorian there for mm. for the majority of my life. I've been one of few Ecuadorians um, in the population. <laughs> Um, yeah, and, and the the Latino kids were um, were known as the bad kids. Um, I forgot the name that they had for them, but it, it wasn't positive. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was the one of two Latinos in um, in the honor classes and the AP classes, and um, it was disheartening. Um, mm-hmm. And it was the first time that I guess I experienced racism, but it was very subtle. Mm-hmm. I remember um, 
I was outside of high school and one of the teachers approached me and she said that I was exotic looking. And uh, it was the first time anyone had said that to me and I didn't know how to take it. Um, and now mm -hmm. as an adult, um, I can say that I don't like being called exotic. <laughs> if you want to mm -hmm. call me beautiful, call me beautiful right. or pretty. Don't call me exotic. Um, it, 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 um, I think it was difficult as a high schooler. That is so interesting because it's, it, if we could expand on that, because it's like, it's why, why say exotic? Why choose that word? Why not say beautiful or, or pretty or because it then ties you into something that's different, not necessarily like the generalized word of beauty, right? It's right. like, so it's almost like, like you said, subtle, subtly racist. And, yeah. and that, that definitely happens. Right. So right. So when I moved to high school in Long Island, it was the first time that the majority of the population was Anglo-American. And mm -hmm. there were many people who were blonde, lighter brown hair, dark brown hair and dark eyes. And, mm. and it really, when you're in high school and you're a teenager, you're just getting to know what your identity is and yes. not seeing many Latinos in the media or in movies. I was, it was difficult, I think, to come to the realization that I was beautiful because I didn't look like what models looked like on the yeah um at that time there were role models i say like iman that that were just getting um popular that was there was some diversity but not mm -hmm. much and most mm -hmm. of the models at that time were blonde and blue-eyed and i didn't look like that and it, it took a while for me to come into my own and realize that um that brown hair and brown eyes are beautiful that I am lucky to have my tan skin um, mm -hmm. because I remember the majority of the girls in my high school going and going to go get a tan and a tan that I had naturally. Um, and it, um, it just took a while. And that was just an example of, of how I experienced racism. And there was mm -hmm. even more of that when I went to college. Um, uh, I, at a bartender, um, to to pay for books to pay for some of my classes and one of the the number one question I was asked is where I was from <laughs> and I would always answer I'm from here I'm from New York and people okay. would always tell me well no where where are you really from um which is a racist comment which right. is what um um someone in the um in England recently, uh, a woman berated an African-American woman who was from England and asked her where she was really from. And, mm -hmm. and it just shows me uh, yeah. the subtle hints of racism. Um, and I'm proud of who I am and I'm, I'm proud to be a Latina and I don't deny being a Latina, but I think a lot of people don't know that they're being racist. <laughs> right. Um, it, it's, it's just something um, that mm -hmm. I think that any minority group comes across um, and, uh, and, and just really spoke to how I wanted to 
um, I guess, blend in Mm -hmm. to the general American public because no matter what, I will always stand out. I don't look like the typical American um, because Mm -hmm. of the color of my skin and the color of my hair and my eyes. Um, But I wanted to, I guess, just into the population um, and just sort of show that that Latinos are like any American, <laughs> that right. we, we all have families to deal with, we all have struggles to deal with, um, and that that it's not just a stereotype, that not all Latinas are, um, are maids or... Um, right, or cafeteria pals. ladies or like... <laughs> <laughs> yes, sorry, I'm getting off topic here. Um, no, but it's... It's something in areas where that are predominantly white that that is the roles that you see Latinos more represented in is is in like your cafeteria lady or your cleaning lady or so there there is so much more. Yes. So I work in the retail field um, in mm-hmm. and most of the people who are there are a lot of women and Latinos in retail, um, but not many in the particular field that I'm in. So Mm -hmm. most of the places I've worked, I've always been um, the only um, Latina. Um, And now in the role I'm in, I'm, I was one of the first women in my department. And I have always felt that I've had to represent um, Latinos um, because there aren't, there aren't many in management in what mm-hmm. I work in. Um, now there's more, um, and there weren't many women and now there's more. Um, but it, it just brings to mind that I, I guess one of my life's goals <laughs> have been yeah. to, to represent Latinos and to show that we're just like everyone else. <laughs> We do tend to be loud sometimes. We do love our <laughs> rice and beans. Um, but at the end of it, we all we all belong to this big community where we just um, want to belong and, and be loved. Um, right. And right how do you how do you think we've held on to that? Do you ever feel like there was a point where you um weren't able to hold on to that pride or weren't able to necessarily feel proud of being a Latina? Yes. So I felt that, um, I think the first time in high school mm-hmm. when the Latino kids were known as the troublemakers. So, mm-hmm. um, so I, I didn't go around yelling. I was Latino. I would never, I would never deny it, but mm-hmm. I did Joined the Latino crowd because I didn't gotcha. want to be known as a troublemaker, um, mm-hmm. and so I guess that's the first time I I didn't scream it. I didn't deny it, but mm-hmm. I felt that if I became part of that crowd, I would be discriminated against and be labeled as a troublemaker. Gotcha. The second time I felt that way was when I took a Spanish for Spanish speakers class in college mm. and the majority of the class were people who had who were who had immigrated from the country I was born here and so mm-hmm. they 
they said that I wasn't Latina enough because I wasn't born in the country where my descendancy came from. Oh, no, um, they didn't. Yeah. <laughs> so that was the first time okay. I ever felt that kind of racism, um, mm-hmm. not being Latina enough. Um, I guess just not not having a stronger um, Latino accent. Um, mm-hmm. But... Mm-hmm. But I am a Latina and Latinas come in all shades and Absolutely. And, and we all, <laughs> our Spanish is just different levels because um, unfortunately I don't speak it every day so I am losing it. But mm-hmm. it's it's just funny that um, that some people would say that I wasn't Latina enough when I, I think my life, one of my life's goals has just been to show that Latinas are like everyday Americans. Um, Mm -hmm. But, but, you know, that's, that's what it is. Um, And with my, I have with my, with one of my kids, um, they had this exercise where they have to draw themselves and, and they had to draw the color of their face. And, Mm -hmm. um, and it was a brown color. And it was the first time I had to have a talk with my young son about um, about color and about my background and about his father's background. And it, it just, um, it was just a conversation about race that I didn't expect that all came about the color of crayon he used to color his face. Um, so, okay. so it was just, that's such an important conversation. Yes. <laughs> yes, it is. And, and just talking to him on how he's, um, his parents have different backgrounds and, mm-hmm. and, and just how important family is and how we love each other and, and how we have to accept people for who they are and not judge someone by their color, by their hair. Um, so it, it just turned out to be a, a bigger conversation and, and just goes back to, um, were you able to do that with your husband or was that a, a conversation you just had with your son? Just a conversation I had with my son. Okay. Um, I, uh, my, my husband really hasn't had needed to have those conversations, um, growing mm-hmm. up. And now that I'm in the suburbs, um, I go back to, I guess, my college days um, because mm-hmm. there aren't many Latinos here, and if there are, they're known. They're people who, who do the landscaping or who help clean your house, and it's, I guess, just a little sad that that there hasn't been much progress, but there is progress in that I see more Latinos. Um, in the media, in the news, in movies, mm-hmm. um, in with, um, creating music um, that's just not Spanish music. So yes. there has been improvement, but not not as much as I'd like. Um, right. And um, and I've found that to help progress the Latino um, stereotype is to not harp on the stereotype and just to be like everyone else. And um, right now where I am in my career, I work internationally and I, um, I work in, in Europe and Latin America. And I've 
gone to those countries and I've realized that um, it doesn't matter what country you come from or, or what nationality, we all have the same struggles. We all, um, um, mm-hmm. the parents um, have the same struggle either in the U.S., in Italy, or in Mexico. Um, mm-hmm. We all struggle to <laughs> have dinner yeah. on the table. Like either we make it or we order it. Um, same in England as in here. I, I was having a talk with one of my counterparts in um, in England and we were talking about how hard it is to be a mother these days and how um, that not much has changed. That sometimes a majority of the child care falls on the mother, not mm-hmm. all the time, but it's stressful because if the mother works or has many activities outside of the home, um, there's still, you still need to meet that, that responsibility for the child care and also be able to, to fulfill yourself. Because as kids, we were taught as young girls that you can be anything that you want to be. But when we grow right. up, kids, like, yes, you can be anything you want to be, but you also have to take care of your kids first. Um, and so it's difficult to deal with that, to to want to um, to follow your life's goals and also take care of your children, take care of your husband and or your significant other or your wife. And it's it's just hard because I feel like women have been given all yeah. freedom to do to follow their dreams. But uh, when you have a family, not much has changed. It's to me, I feel like it's still like the 1950s where you're still expected <laughs> to um, to bake those cupcakes, to um, to to keep, attend your family, keep the house clean and tidy, keep and clean, keep your children tidy, um, and still find time for yourself. And it's it's really difficult, um, just really difficult. I mean even with a wonderful husband that I have or mm-hmm. wonderful partners that we have, it's still very difficult to balance everything and to find time for yourself. Yeah. Um, today, um, my son had a, a holiday party and I signed up for it for the craft for the holiday party. Um, I still had to work today. I still had to, um, my son had um, was at the doctor yesterday, so I had to take care of him. I had to take care of my husband. I had to do this craft. I had to put together holiday gifts and wrap and get ready for um, company tomorrow. And it's just hard. It's <laughs> hard a juggling it. act. Yes, it's a juggling a act. And as as a mother, as yeah. a woman, it's just hard I feel like we're still expected to be super women and it's just hard um it is and then you also have the added pressure of you know being the minority in your community probably and so yes. now like and also wanting to be proud of that but yeah. like it's an additional pressure to all the other things that come along with motherhood yes that we didn't expect. I didn't expect. I don't know about you, yeah. but I didn't expect that. <laughs> same. same. Whenever I find someone who speaks Spanish, I'm instantly drawn. Yes. Um, yes. And there are they are few and far between <laughs> in yes. some suburbs. 
Um, and uh, just because I feel like uh, since they were raised in the Latino community, they have many values values like mine, mm-hmm. like ours. Um, and I, I want to keep that going. I, I want to raise my children is as much of a Latino community as possible. And right now it's, it's, it's our parents, it's your mom, it's our yeah. aunt and our uncles, our cousins. Um, but being that we don't live in the same building anymore, it's, it's very difficult, um, yeah. to keep in touch. So, um, but it's very important um, with any race or any nationality not everyone is the same of course the ones that are remembered are the ones that stand out that were that are the stereotype but, mm-hmm. but but there are many shades of that stereotype i'm i'm very proud to be latina and i will never deny it um but it's it's shades um it shades, it's levels. Um, I'm very, very Latina when it comes to asking for what I want. I'm very aggressive. And I only mm-hmm. realized that when someone else told me that they were passive aggressive. And I went to my husband, I'm like, am I passive aggressive? He's like, no, you're aggressive aggressive. So I <laughs> in that respect. And, and I've always been loud. And I only realized when I went, I invited some friends over to come have dinner in my suburb. And I realized how loud we were. And I was mm-hmm. like, wow, we really are loud. Um, <laughs> but, you know, whatever. Like, so some stereotypes ring through, but I guess mm-hmm. I just want to know that not all Latinas are, um, are keeping business or in the housekeeping business. And if you are, good for you, you know, you mm-hmm. do whatever you have to do to pay your bills. No one's going to pay your bills for you. So if you are taking care of your kids and paying your bills and your taxes, then good for you. It doesn't matter what you do. But being that the media has stereotyped, to me, Latinas in those roles, mm-hmm. I want to show that there are other Latinas in other roles. And, and I'm seeing... And I, I think that's what we want to show our children as well. I, yeah. think, that, I think that's why it's so important for me to maybe even um, make my presence felt a little bit more at my kid's school. That's not, that's predominantly, you know, Caucasian so that they could see another Latina face. That's not necessarily, you know, that's a mom and someone else that's, you know, maybe even part of the staff or, you know, just to give them that sense that like, okay, that we're not pigeonholed into these, these, these jobs, like, um, we're more than that. We're, and like you said, if that's what you have to pay your bills in for sure. But, you know, it, it's just to show our kids as well that like, you know, we can be everything. Yes. That we can truly be whatever we want to be. You just yeah. have to work hard and you have to struggle. So one thing that yeah. I touched upon is as a Latina, as someone, a first generation, one thing that has formed who I am is is having to have helped our parents through many things. And yeah. being that English was not the first language that our parents had, and I know you went through this too, is that when there were certain forms that we were sent in school, we had to be the translator for our parents. Mm-hmm. For our parents. So we, as 
at a young age, I think, had to grow up a little in that we had to be responsible for ourselves. When, because our parents didn't have a lot of money, I started my first job as um, a freshman in high school. So Mm -hmm. we all had jobs in in high school or in college to help pay for our books to help pay for the things we wanted and I I had um uh an account at a bank as a freshman in college and I had to work um the work study program I needed to work in the summers I needed to work while I was at school to pay for my books so I knew how important it was um to have a higher education because that was going to get me to meet my goal. Um, yeah. It taught me to be self-reliant. Um, mm-hmm. It taught me to be self-reliant and to to fight for what I wanted. And so when I first started off at school, um, I, I didn't really fight. So I thought I was going to be a doctor I let go of that. And then I was lost for a long time. And Mm. through many classes, I carved out um, a college degree. So it was (laughs) half communication and then um, the other part, public relations. And what it taught me was being that we didn't have anyone in an uncle or a dad that can get us into a job or a family we had to get that job ourselves. So mm-hmm. I felt that um, in college, like most people do, that's when we did networking and where we made the friends that helped us get jobs. So we had to be go-getters from the beginning because if we didn't advocate for ourselves, no one else would. Um, mm-hmm. And so in the field that I'm in now, like, no family members or, or family friends got me the job. And for people who get jobs that way, good for you. I'm not, I'm not saying that that's bad. I'm saying that because I, I had no one who could help me get to where I wanted, I had to fight mm-hmm. for myself. And so I think that's a big part of my character, always fighting, always fighting for the job, always fighting to be recognized, always mm-hmm. fighting for the raise. And so I've, I feel like I've been fighting my whole life to get the job, to get into the school, to get my next opportunity, to right. show that Latinos are good people. <laughs> right. Um, and it's, it's just a constant struggle. Um, and as I get older, I'm starting to be like, you know, you take me as I am, you know, like right. before when I was younger, I tried really hard to assimilate. And now I'm like, this is who I am. I'm Latina. I'm, you know, I'm passionate. I'm a hard worker. And if you don't like what you see, then look away. <laughs> <laughs> I'm to get there. But mm-hmm. with kids, it I'm reverting back because I don't want my, um, my attitude to reflect on them. So, how are you? How are you bringing some of that Latino pride influence into the lives of your children? Um, well, in in putting together parties. <laughs> okay. 
so um, so I organize a mom nights a mom night out and Ooh. I'm going to try to do that every month and to me that's first of all people would recognize me cuz I'm the mom trying to get every mom drunk <laughs> um or just to party and get together and just I think I'm showing my latinaness and showing how how important it is to get together and share a meal, share mm-hmm. a glass of wine, share a glass of soda. Um, <laughs> just get together and just keep And you mentioned before in our in our conversation you had mentioned that you even um try to play music with the kids to have them yeah. listen to some Spanish music and have it in there every day. Yes. 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 So um my Which I think is important. Yes. <laughs> so one thing that I do remember growing up is that my grandfather, our grandfather always yeah. had this radio station and just it was like love ballads um and yes. music like Mexico and Ecuador and Colombia and it was just so romantic and so beautiful mm-hmm. and every time to this day that I hear Spanish love ballads I think of him and I think of of the gift of music that he gave us because in, in our house we always had music at our family parties we always had dancing it was just we always had it and so yeah. every time i hear music i dance and that i think is is a a beautiful um latina aspect that we have um yeah just and to just see how it's carried through and it's it was very impactful for me as well to have the music always around us and just to see how like to see how that carried through for us and yeah. how it can carry through for our children as well so basically doing what's worked on us yeah. <laughs> to keep yeah. the... <laughs> yes so when I feel really stressed out and and I I don't know mm-hmm. how I'm going to come up with a solution for a problem I I put my headphones on or I put the radio on loud mm-hmm. and I blast it and and of mm-hmm. course with the loud music you have to dance and so my sons have seen me dance to the music and then they join me and it's Aww. something that I think is special because yeah so unique in that it's the music is in Spanish and um and they start dancing and, and it's a way that we bond and it's a way that I show part of my culture to my kids and it's something mm-hmm. that I want them to continue because uh it's it, there's a soothing in in the music and also a celebration mm-hmm. which goes back to me organizing these mom nights out and and what our family did we would celebrate any chance we got anytime we could yeah. get together and have share a meal together have a party together we would because life is hard stuff pops up when you least expect it and and you have to teach your children to be um to be able to deal with those hard bumps and not necessarily turn to drugs or alcohol, but to turn to your family, to turn to things that help you with stress, like music um, and sweets, why not? <laughs> and, and just show that things feel just a little bit better when you're with people that you love or that you share a delicious meal. Um, and then you forget your problems for half a second and then you get a little bit stronger and then you go back then 
to fighting that problem or fighting whatever it was you were fighting. So it's, it's I think, a beautiful gift that our family gave us. Um, the other thing, too, that has helped is, is religion. Um, and it doesn't matter what denomination it is. I think it's just uh, when I've had the hardest times in my life, I've said a little prayer. Um, and it helps calm me down. And it helps me realize that that my problem is minuscule in the whole scheme of things that, um, that eventually what needs to happen will happen. Um, and, and just to, to go with the flow because you could have the best set of plans and things just don't always go the way you plan them. And you end up in a place where you didn't know you would be. Um, and as, and it just reminds me as a mother, sometimes I've, I've felt like I've lost myself because I'm so, so, um, so busy with taking care of my family, doing things for work or whatever outside activities I have. And sometimes I forget to, to have me time and, um, and my friends and my family, my mother, friends and family just remind me to just to relax, to give myself me time, because when I recharge my batteries, I then am a better parent and wife and all around person. Um, but it's hard to remember. It's hard to remember that because I also consider that a very Latina thing. Or maybe it's just a mother thing or a woman thing where you just put yourself last. Um, you need to make sure your kids are taking care of, your husband's taking care of, whatever thing at the PTO you said you would do, you need to do. Um, but sometimes you just need to remember to put yourself first and to love yourself. Just make me like, I love being a Latina um, and in the burbs just representing. I wanted to just thank you, Sandy, for coming on and sharing your experience as a Latina on our podcast and giving us all a little insight into your experience and what you basically, um, what your journey has been. And thank you so much for joining us. We really loved having you and hearing all about your experience. Thank you. It was a pleasure to join. I'm so happy that you have this podcast. I'm so proud of you, Gabs. Oh, thanks, Sans. <laughs> we are primas for life. Yes. <laughs> And we want to thank our audience. Hopefully you're able to get some entertainment and some um, valuable gems from our podcast. And thank you all for joining us. We just want to send you our love and happy holidays. Happy holidays. Many happy holidays. Feliz Navidad. Happy Hanukkah. Anything you may celebrate. Um, thank you again, Sandy, so much for joining us. Of we course. love you. It was a pleasure. Love you. And love okay. you all Latinas out there. We're strong That's right. proud. We're representing for the Latinas and the birds. Yeah. <laughs>